checking for a pulse out there this morning. Briefies, bear with me. <clears throat> Love that worship. Um, the courage and the uninhibitedness of a child. Isn't that what God's calling us all to be? The title, Rebellion and Submission. My title today came from the text, Luke 15, 27 through 28, and 11 through 13. And I realized as it was read, it didn't make a lot of sense, but it will. Just bear with me. Um, Dear beloved, before we turn to Luke, I'd like to read from Desire of Ages. Chapter 1, page 22. and, And I'd like to quickly say that. This church and Arise, and some folks at Arise introduced me to this lady, and her name is Ellen White. And uh, I didn't know what I thought about her at first. I wasn't sure, but I wanted the rest of it, so I stuck around to see what happened. And <laughs> he put some people in my life, John being one of them, um, a couple other people that aren't here with us today, but are here in spirit, and I'm sure they're celebrating Sabbath at their home church. <clears throat> And it says, he desires only the service of love, and love cannot be commanded. It cannot be won by force or authority. Only by love is love awakened. How beautiful is that? Just that part. Amen? To know God is to love him. His character must be manifested in contrast to the character of Satan. Total opposites. This work, only one being in all the universe could do. Only he who knew the height and the depth and the love of God could make it known. Upon the world's dark night, the Son of Righteousness must rise with healing in his wings. Malachi 4.2. Amen? And who was this? Well, yes, it was Jesus. Now, if you would, bow with me. And for those that can get on knee, take a knee, and let's give this time to our Father. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray uh, as we gather today here that the presence of your Holy Spirit will come down from heaven and cover us as as it did Jesus and as it did the apostles and those there at the day of Pentecost. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues not known to them. And everyone in the house knew what the other was saying. So in the spirit of bringing ones together and bringing hearts and minds and bringing us to you at the cross, dear Jesus, we thank you so much. As it was said, nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole? What can take my sin and wash it away? Nothing but the blood of you, Lord. We thank you for this, and we ask that your presence and your word is heard today, that you are made great and I am made the least. For he who is the least will be the greatest in heaven, and he who is the greatest will be made the least. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen.
Okay, please turn your Bibles to Luke 15, verses 11 through 13, if you would. When everybody gets there, just do a amen, so I know where we're tracking. <laughs> All right. Now, <clears throat> this is Jesus telling a parable. He already told a few, but this is my favorite. This sort of encapsulates what's going to happen later today, the celebration of life, the celebration of coming back, that he's always calling us back. And, and it's, it's a very good example of, for myself, my testimony, how I came to know him. <clears throat> In verse 11, then he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me that portion of good that falls to me. So he divided them to his livelihood. And not that many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. You notice he divided it between both of them. It's something that someone that came and talked to us made a point. And... Uh, I never caught that before. So they both received their, their due or early, but their reward, if you will. But that was only their earthly reward. There's a heavenly reward. So because of that, there was some animosity between the two brothers. And so we'll get into that later, but I just wanted to make a point of that. So, this is what Jesus does when he blesses us, the wicked and the good. He causes the sun to go down on the wicked and the righteous. Amen? For God is no respecter of persons. He loves us all equally. Unequivocally, he is love. Agape. When we don't deserve it. In my life, a boundless, unadulterated sin... I was just like the prodigal son Jesus speaks of. I was ungrateful, I was selfish, I was arrogant, and so, so lost. I had thought, someday I'll make it right with God. I got time. But right now, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm having fun. I want to drink. I want to go do what I want to do in the army. I want to live my life. Drink, marry, you know, all that. But <laughs> through my indulgence and covenant to alcohol, drugs, sex, you name it, I kind of hardened my heart and I was leading into a place where Jesus had not intervened, and by that I mean allowed me to further sink down and corner me by my own doing, really. But had he not allowed that, had he been a God that interfered and grabbed me away from that before I was ready, I may never have came, and I never may ever have came in time. Um, I, I had to be broke enough to reach back out towards him. He's always got his hand reached out. He's always got it stretched out through all the Bible. It talks about it, Isaiah, all the way through. All the way through to the revelation of Jesus. He's calling us to come back. And only when the the wicked refuse him 
at that point does he finally say enough and take the breath away. We don't deserve his love. None of us do. We can't earn it. We can't fake it. We can't, you know, we can't fake it till we make it. But praise the Lord <laughs> that we should all be in this pathetic state that the prodigal son was in. He was rolling around in the mud with the pigs. He didn't have anything to eat. He was looking at eating feed, and if any of you have farmed, it's not something I want to eat. <laughs> so, <clears throat> but, but for his grace and for his stripes and sacrifice and his blood, we are set free, free from the eternal separation from him. In April this last year, I can't believe, just a little over nine months ago now, I was saved. July 1st, I was baptized. And I thought I knew the love of Jesus. But how can we know that which we know not to do right ourselves? Proverbs 24, 16 says, and we learned this at a rise and I'll never forget it. For righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. And I'm quite sure I've fallen more than seven times, let me tell you. Uh, since I've come back um, to Christ. Um, and the good Lord knows only why he's brought me back out of one calamity after another beforehand. Um, I just want to read something quick that I wrote one day and I was unpacking and just got back here and was asked to come back for an internship, as you guys kind of know. And the Lord was really working on me and every time I kept, why am I crying? Why am I you know, why do I feel like such a failure? Why do I feel so unworthy? And I feel it welling up now because it's like it was yesterday and it still is happening. And so, amen, it's a process, right? And so I go into my room and I'm like, just, I got on my knees and I said, God, reveal yourself to me. You better hold on when you ask for that. Um, <laughs> because he did that several times. And I wrote this sort of a, Somewhat dark poem, but yet, but yet it has some light at the end of it. And I'd like to share it with you. My soul was black and blue, full of suffering, thrown away, abused, forgotten, neglected. I searched for healing. Oh, save me from this dark world and life of misery. You show me mercy. You wipe my tears through that. You showed me more brokenness and garbage exploding from my soul. I finally trusted you, oh, but just a little bit. Just enough to start to feel your love. But is this what I'm wanting? I've only known hurt and pain. It's where I'm comfortable. But you called me your son. And said, you love me. You started taking the hell from me. It was just oozing out of my pores. My God, I can't scarcely believe you want to adopt me. In my worldly state, in my yuck, in my garbage, in this mess, in this, somebody's heard me say before, in this hot mess, <laughs> I thought you had healed me enough to make me stable. But what you've shown me is you've only just begun your work in me.
I sure hope I never, ever stop that. So, sorry. <laughs> um, <clears throat> in July 2008, I attempted, thankfully unsuccessfully, to end my life. I don't talk about it that much, <clears throat> but um, I don't know. I was just led last night as I was finishing up, typing this up, to share this. Due to the flashbacks of horrific battles and war and night terrors, but praise the Lord, he decided it was not mine own to lay down. He wasn't done with me yet. I should be not here, according to man's rules. Um, I can remember a nurse... Well, I was told by my roommate, the nurse sat up with me and took my heart rate all night, every half hour, and uh, she worked double. And I can remember waking up being angry, and, and then I thought of my daughter. And still, even through that, you know, it's like, okay, I'm good now. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I talked to the chaplain. I'm good. You know, I, I said my Hail Marys. I'm good. I'm out. Don't do it again. And that's kind of that's kind of how things were for a while. So, anyway, back in back in August, wait, oh, I'm getting lost here. Excuse me, just one moment. It happens. Okay, so at any rate, of me, I can do nothing. With him, I can do all. Amen. I want to I shoot forward a little bit because I liked what I heard earlier, and I know that's why we're here today. Today we're having a celebration of eternal life. Amen? Of entering a new sister in Christ and in death to this dark world, but alive in Christ today. This is a pretty big deal. This occasion is something that the angels in heaven itself look down to see. For it is written in Romans 6, 9 through 11, if you will turn there with me, please. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has a dominion over him. For the death that he died, He died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ our Lord. Amen. Just had to, yeah, because I get excited when I hear about that, you know. It ain't been that long, and I want to stay that way. Um, Another scripture that spoke out to me was John, and we were kind of talking about this morning a little bit, John uh, chapter 15 and verse 16. If you turn there, please. You did not choose me, the Lord, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should remain, that wherever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. So, ask him for eternal life. Why not? What do you got to lose besides eternal separation? So, 
Back in August, August the 1st, actually, I was baptized. What April's getting ready to do today. Just under four months in the church. Um, give you a background, I, I was Catholic, Roman Catholic, um, and then kind of drifted in and out ever after that. And I think I tried every flavor. Um, <laughs> but uh, at any rate, this time things were different. This time God had me and I had him by the belt buckle and I wasn't letting go. And so he did a few things in a few months that probably would have took a lot longer if it had been another time in my life. But I, I guess I was ready. We were talking about bottoms earlier this morning in prayer. Nobody knows what that is for them or for another, but when you, when you know it, there's no doubt about it. I remember, though, through, uh, so, so that was then. In August, August 21st, I came to Rise. Like, just everything just went really fast. I had no idea what I was in for. I remember through many paradigm shifts, I asked Jesus to reveal himself to me. He continued to work in this broken vessel even more, but yet filled me more and more. I remember thinking, where are all these feelings and tears coming from? I mean, I was in the army. I don't cry. You don't show people feelings. That's weak. You know, what is that? What is it? What does it do? You know? So, but I let it happen and people encouraged me and they were like, don't ever stop that. Just, just let it go. The more you let it go, the more he builds you and the more you break again. And it's just a continual, it's like, a, just, just let it be. So I got out of the way and let God do that. And it's a beautiful thing. So he continued to break and work on me and fix me. As you see, I grew up in a broken single mom family, in a broken world, (laughs) with broken mentors. And I was molested at age three. And Satan used that experience and a lot of mental anguish and a lot of abuse growing up to sort of solidify that I was unlovable. And therefore, unlovable, how could I attain God? How could I attain a relationship? How could I wake up and realize he loves you and you and you and me? And I don't mean, oh, it's nice. Oh, let's, let's, let's watch some movies and that's fun. I love you. Well, now I got to go. I love you. I love the essence of you. I love what makes you from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. I care about you. I care when you cry. I care when you hurt. I care when you're happy. I care about you. And I care about all those that have anything to do with you. That's the kind of love that I didn't know anything about. And so I couldn't give what I didn't have. But he had plans. He had plans. So I stuck around, and I learned some things. And I learned that I had to let him in because I built a tall and penetrable wall, a wall of Jericho, if you will, that no one could ever hurt me again. But by this, I was literally cutting out his ability to love me back, for me to receive that love. You know, it's just unbelievable that that amount of love has never been seen since that I could look back and see 
the incompleteness of it since before Adam and Eve fell from grace in the garden. They had a utopia. They had a walking, talking, physical relationship with him. And, but I once again, fast forward back, <laughs> um, I go back, um, I was saved in combat in 1993 by a grenade that should have went off. And the demo team came out and said, yeah, that was live, and we really don't know why you and your friend are here. But go over there, we're going to detonate it. And I said a few foxhole prayers and went and saw the priest again. <laughs> and again, I got what I needed and moved on. Um, so this really brings me back again that, you know, the prodigal, our Lord, like the prodigal, our Lord and best friend Jesus has ever called us to home to him. He wants us at that feast. He's going to prepare for us in heaven forever and ever and ever. It's never going to end. The fatted calf, there's going to be no end to it. Now, Satan, he's come to steal, kill, and destroy. We all know that verse. He is the father of lies and the counterfeit of all the beauty of Christ has for you and I. Beloved, I hope for you, my hope for you is that you be resolved to resist him, and he will flee, as stated in James 4, 7 through 8. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. He has to. That's a promise. And God gives us so many promises if we would just open our ears and our eyes and read and believe and trust and have faith. And that's how we have a relationship with him. We may not be able to see him, but we have that faith. We have that faith that Moses had when he stuck out that rod and put it in the water and parted it. It didn't happen until he touched it, until he took that leap of faith. That's what we need to have every day. Amen? And when I was doing my research on this, oh, and before I go on that, I wanted to say also that, you know, I, I, again, I, I, I like to ponder on this because it was such a big part of my life for so long that I was a part of, of Satan's counterfeit for so long that I needed to go to a third party to be forgiven of my sins. I don't need to do that anymore. I don't have to go to... I don't have to go to my elder and say, boy, I want you to pray for me, you know, because I just, you know, and, and seek his attaboy. I need his. Amen. That's who we need. So, but the Bible has shown me that through prophecy, learning with studying with James and some other folks over at the school about through Daniel and Ezekiel and Revelation and Isaiah and many, many more throughout the whole Bible. Um, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. You can only get there through God. Um, the Lamb of Jesus, the great I am, I am, the ancient and old. He's the only one that can save us. He will never forsake us even to the end of time. That's a promise. I am sure of one thing. We have no better friend in the world and all the universe than Jesus. No other friend will be loyal as he will. We'll love you in your mess. We'll love you no matter what you've done. No matter what you will do in the future, as long as you come back and reach back out to him. And he still loves you, even in your mess. But he can't abide in the mess with you at the same time. But he can love you. He can ask you to come back. When I was looking this up, prodigal in the Greek is, I'm probably going to say this wrong, asosos, A-S-O-T-O-S, literally means 
wastefully extravagantness due to loose living or debauchery. Haven't we all done this more than a few times? I mean, think about it. I'm, I'm, I'm realizing that this is, has so many other applications. It's not just, oh, you know, he's doing drugs, or, oh, you know, he's drinking again, and, you know, oh, he's, you know, maybe he's, he's abusing someone. It could be, oh, well, he's got the best car on the lot, and he's doing that on Saturday afternoon, and, you know, he's making that his covet. That's, that's more important than God. So, in, in reality, that's turning away from God. So it's the same thing. Um, so anytime we put anything before Jesus, we are being prodigal in our fallen nature. But praise the Lord, he has given us a way out from this, and this is what he wishes for all of us with all earnestness. If you haven't known Jesus, have gone astray, come back. He's calling you. You don't have to wait until you're broken and dirty in a mucky pig pen and stink and need a bath and... <laughs> You don't have to be locked up on the psych unit at the VA hospital and can't stand yourself to look at it in the mirror. You don't have to wait till you are, you know, whatever. You don't have to wait. He's waiting for you. If you lay victory in Jesus. For he has already beaten that old serpent, the devil. He's already accomplished that. He's already saved us. All you have to do is come to him. He's already done the hard work. He always does the hard work. I noticed that. Just take a step forward. And he takes two to you. He runs to you. The prodigal fa- the father, the prodigal son, that's Jesus running to meet you down the drive. Okay? Running to meet you down at the altar. Don't wait. Come forward. The curse is broken if we will only take the vaccine, and that is Jesus, my friend, defender and Lord. Let us not repent because we are in a tight spot, however. I told you we get back to the last two verses of Luke. Because the older brother wasn't repentant. He was very not repentant. He was grumbling under his breath, and his father tried to reach him, and it doesn't really show that he ever did that. The other son, was he truly repentant? Was the prodigal son truly repentant when he really came back because things were bad? Did he really, really mean that he was sorry inside for the right reasons? Not because he was trying to get into heaven, because he's getting old and it's time to straighten up now, but because God had done a work in him. He had changed his heart, the innermost man. He knows our innermost not what we show out here to everybody else. Let us be removed from the rebellion into submission, from sin and living in sin, to glory, to sanctification, to justification in his name, not ours, his name. For he stands above all others for all eternity, for all time. He's outside of time before, now, and evermore. Jesus is Lord. Will you please bow your heads and pray with me? Come to the altar or raise your hand up and then put it back down. If you just got something on your mind that's walling you down, if you feel that you may have drifted away from the Lord a little bit, don't be ashamed. We're all family. 
Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you did for us over 2,000 years ago. And better yet than that even, before that, all the other chances you gave us, Lord. Thank you for being a faithful God, a trusting God, a God of love, a God that is love. You are the embodiment of love. Thank you for being you. Thank you for creating us. Thank you for helping us through the tough times. And praise the Lord. Thank you for celebrations. Thank you for those coming today. Thank you just for all the blessings you bestow upon us. And we thank you in this glorious, wonderful, honest name of yours. Amen. close with Rescuer. If you could stand and join us, please.